Hello and welcome to Play DNA. My name is Cassandra. I'm Sarah. And today it's just the two of us. So we are going to talk about some games that we played in the past couple weeks. I played a couple games that we've played before. Uh, one of them was Spots, oh, which yeah. is just so much fun. I I just really enjoy that game. It's surprisingly difficult for me to get people to play it. I don't I don't own it, but it's at the game cafe that we go to all the time and I've tried to get people to play it three times. Oh, really? And this was the fourth this was the fourth attempt. So, they just always wanted to play something else. And so and it wasn't even the same group. This was a different group. It's like, well, if you guys won't play it, I'm going to play it with these guys. And I think it's just because of its aesthetic. You know, you look at it and it looks like a children's game. And it is a very, very simple game, but it's also super clever. This is a game that I think both of us have talked about. It's just a really simple push your luck dice rolling game where the dice are spots on dogs and you're just trying to fill in the spots on the dogs. So, But you know what I did, Sarah, that you... You were so excited about the possibility of me doing last time we you played together. You banked all the I, dogs I, at once? Stop it. I did. I banked three dogs at once, and it was amazing. I ba- I had three dogs. I only had fives left. I needed three fives. And I did the trick where you can roll eight dice, and I got exactly three fives. That's amazing. How, how fun know. rolling for you. <laughs> it was great. It was great. We also played another planet of unsettled which is a game that we talked about pretty recently um this one is a like a planet exploring uh game cooperative game this planet felt awfully similar to the last planet there was there was some different things but it was also like they have difficulty ratings and this one was a three out of four it was really hard Uh, we died we died pretty fast not fast enough that it was like ah we died oh well it was like you know, an hour and a half in, two hours in, and it's like, Whoa. that feels bad. It feels bad to die that way. And I know some people love games that are really difficult like that. I am not one of those people. So I <laughs> I did not like that. <laughs> I can't imagine. It felt good mm-hmm. after so long. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mention the games that we've already mentioned on the podcast. I played Wingspan for the first time. Um, I think I liked it more than you and Damon did. It was good. I like the little eggs in it, and it's pretty and... I like the engine building of it. So that's kind of nice. So that's one we've already mentioned before. And then I know you guys have, I don't know if we've mentioned it before, but I played this game called Tack, which is a two-person abstract strategy game. And it's very simple, but I think it's like an ancient game. I don't know how old it is, but I don't, if we've already talked about it, I don't think we need to talk about it again. But it's a good, clever two-person abstract strategy game if anyone's interested in like those type of games. It's kind of fun and it's got nice wood pieces Mm -hmm. in it. yeah. Yeah, I played it so long ago, I don't recall too much about it. But I do like, it looks so cool. You know, the pictures of it are always so nice. It does. It's very fun. It's very nice looking on the table. It's kind of like a piece of artwork. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, totally. So what did you guys play that's new? Well, I think you said that you had quite a few, which is good, because I only have one that I am at liberty to talk about. Oh, no. Because you played a lot of playtested ones? Exactly. Yeah. The problem is we play so many games that are not actually ready to be discussed. Mm -hmm. Um, We play our own games a lot and we play a lot of other designers games. So we only played one new game that is actually out and published and it was Kahuka. Oh wait, Kahuka? Kahaka. How do you say it? Kahaka. It's Kahaka. K-O-H-A-K-U. 
Kohaku. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kohaku. I hope. Okay. Kohaku. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. So Kohaku is a very, very simple tile placement game. Each person has a tableau of koi. You're trying to make a beautiful koi pond. The koi fish each have either one color or two colors on them. And there are also a variety of other items that are um, things like frogs or dragonflies, um, statues. And you're basically trying to build the the most beautiful koi pond. But you're not actually care- you don't you're not actually worried about beauty. You just want to make sure. <laughs> That you're putting things next to each other that are going to get you bonus points in some way. So the frogs want to be next to the dragonflies. And the different kinds of fish uh, want to be next to the same colored fish. And the baby fish want to hide under rocks. So you want to make sure that the baby fish have a place to hide. Uh, We played it because we are designing a game that has some similarities. And it, it is also fish related so we're like oh no and it's not it's not exactly the same but i will say that it it isn't um it doesn't do anything new or unique with that genre of game this is like a very simplified version of something like calico or you know it cascadia or any of the rest of those tile placement games that's just about finding a way to place things so you get the most bonuses very very simple it's beautiful And actually, the first time we saw it, it was laid out at our local game store. And somebody had bought, like, the really fancy Kickstarter version. And so there were these, like, gorgeous tiles that looked like the fish were actually floating. Like, in – I don't know if it was glass or plastic. I didn't touch them. They they looked like they are floating in glass. And it's just so beautiful and enormous. And, like, after playing it, I really don't feel like the footprint of that version of the game – merits like (laughs) it doesn't the gameplay doesn't merit that big of a footprint you know it's like too big Mm -hmm. uh, for what it is but it is very very beautiful um and even when it's not that that version the standard version is also very beautiful the the koi fish are really pretty they chose nice colors so very nice yeah i wouldn't recommend it unless you really love these kinds of like tile laying puzzle games and that's all you play (laughs) I want to see what the Kickstarter version looked like because it sounds pretty, but yeah. I can't really picture it in my head that well. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to send you a picture. But it, there are many better games than this that do the same thing. This one is koi based. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few to talk about. My favorite one I've played, and I've talked to you guys about it off the podcast. It's called Sky Team. It's mm-hmm. a new game. I can't remember. I think it's a Scorpion Mask actually produced it. It's a two-player only. You're playing a, a pilot and a co-pilot. So one person takes the pilot role. Someone takes the co-pilot role. You each have five dice. And then you're navigating landing a commercial air, airline. And it's like an airplane. It's so fun. So there's obstacles in the way like other planes that you have to either clear out or like remove from the board pretty much because you can't land with other planes on the runway. And then you have to communicate with your person, your your co-pilot pretty much silently. So you can talk about strategy before you roll, but after you roll, there's no talking. So it creates a lot of tension and there's the base level, which is just landing in the 
regular airport, but then they have like Tokyo and they have London and they have Iceland. And so as you go up these levels, there's so much more strategy and it's so difficult once you start getting to the higher levels, it's almost impossible to win. So the first level is very easy because you're just managing, you know, your, the tilt of the plane, how fast you're going when you land, all that stuff. But then as the higher levels go, you need to make sure you have enough fuel. You need to make sure that like, I don't know, there's just all kinds of different levels and it goes up and, go, and goes up. And Carrie, my sister, introduced me to the game and she's been playing with Matt for like three months and they still have not even come close to beating the final like four levels because it's so, <laughs> so. Is it is it speed based? It's not speed-based. It's mostly just making the right decisions. So, for instance, if you put a six down and tilted the plane far right and I put a three down, the the plane's going to tilt three this way. So then you have to tilt it back the other direction, but you don't know what the other person is playing. So you just, before you roll the dice, you have to be like, oh, if I only have... You can't even say what numbers you have. You just say, like, we have to get the plane back tilted to the other direction, so let's just make sure we'll be aware of that, you know? So... Yeah, it's difficult and fun. So. Is it similar at all to the mind? Not really. Okay. It's like its own thing. I've never played a game like it, which is quite unique because you never find really unique games anymore when you've played as many games as we have, which is really mm-hmm. nice because, you know, it just is. <laughs> it's refreshing to find a game where you're like, oh, this is like something I've never experienced before because just like kind of you were talking about with that last game like i've played so many tile placement games they're not really original anymore so yeah yeah well that sounds great uh, i i completely ignored that game because i thought that the box looked kind of boring but it sounds sounds cool what you told me sounds cool yeah it is cool and it's fun we also played okay so i couldn't get my hands right away on sky team because it was sold out for a while and so i was waiting for it to be like restocked and they sent me an email it was finally restocked so in the meantime a bunch of people on reddit were recommending this other two-person game that feels kind of like sky team is what they were saying called sale i disagree that it feels like sky team but it's also a two-person kind of navigation game so you're you have this boat and it's a trick-taking game so you and your partner are playing across from each other and you're trying to avoid rocks and the Kraken to get to the other side of the sea to win the game. So the first level is very easy, but then you can add more obstacles and more sea monsters in the in the way and like storms and stuff as the game progresses. And the first level was hard. So I can't imagine navigating through the sea and more Krakens and more rocks and more storms um, <laughs> as the game gets harder. So this one's also mm-hmm. fun. I think of the two, though, I would pick Sky Team because I just think it's more fun. But Sail is a really, if you like trick-taking games, it's a two, for a two-person trick-taking game, I've never played one. That's also very unique. I don't know if I've ever played another two-person trick-taking game before. Yeah, I don't I don't think I have. I've never seen one before. Yeah, it's cool. And it's a beautiful box. It's got this little sailboat on it. It's really pretty. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I have so many more games than you this week. I feel bad. No, I know. No, don't feel bad. It's great. <laughs> I'm glad you got to play so many games. We also played a game called Smug Owls. This is a bizarre (laughs) game. There's these cards in the middle of the table that always form a question. So I don't know how they made it that they always form a question. They're kind of dumb questions too. Like, okay, so yes, this is a very bizarre game. It's like a riddle. Like those riddles you can come with like, for example, that's one was like, what has forests but no trees? What has rivers but 
what has the yeah yeah you know it's like riddles like that but it Mm -hmm. comes up with the riddles as you flip the cards over so like an example of this that is online is what rises before it breaks and oh there's no correct answer to this question in this game which i thought was very bizarre everyone just comes up with an answer as quickly as they can and then you vote on which answer is the most clever and it's kind of dumb in that respect i just didn't really care for it (laughs) Because, you know, people who are more clever and can think on their feet faster always won the round. And it's like, yeah, we're not going to vote for, you know, my dumb one. (laughs) They're always going to vote for Carrie or Bo because they come up with really clever answers. So I don't know. I wouldn't recommend this game, although it is a party game and it's very easy to learn. So I don't know. In in theory, that sounds really fun. Uh, Like the way you explained it, it does sound fun. But I, too, would not ever win. <laughs> I don't like games with voting. Voting is just not a good... It's very biased. It, it's just not a good time. And some people are just better at coming up with answers to riddles, I guess, than I am. So, <laughs> yeah. Some people are just better at thinking on the fly in that yes. way. We also played this game called Nine Lives. This is a trick-taking game with cats. So... <laughs> kind of like a bet trick taking game so you get your cards you deal out all the cards and then you lay your cat in the middle on this rug based on how many tricks you think you'll take but since it goes in order if I think I can take five tricks I'll put my little kitty on the five and then someone else can lay their kitty between two and three so they think they're going to be taking between two and three tricks and then once the board starts getting full if you're the last person to bet for instance and you think you can only take you know, for instance, two to three tricks, but all the spaces for two to three tricks have been taken, you must bet four. And sometimes you know you can't take four. You're like, I someone already put their cat there. I'm not taking four. And then you kind of get, you don't want points, but you'll get a point if you take more tricks than you actually bet. And I found that part of the game really frustrating because when I was last, I knew I couldn't take five tricks, but that was the only thing left. And I was like, so I have to bet five because that's what the game says. You can't not bet. And then I ended up getting mm-hmm. screwed a lot because Bo was to my right and then he'd either take a trick that I needed or give me an extra trick that I didn't want. So <laughs> it was kind of frustrating, but it was a cute cat-themed trick-taking game. So I don't know, if you like cats and trick-taking games, maybe you'd like this game. It's fairly short, maybe 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> I do like both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> cats and trick-taking games? Yeah. It comes in this cute square box. Glenn also brought a game over called mystery grams this isn't a game you could play over and over again it's got a very short shelf life because if you play it it's exactly like those have you heard of this game before no i haven't it's like those games that you used to see in the theater where they have an image plus another image minus this you know ism equals the answer so i don't know how to explain it other than that but once you play through all the cards you'd know all the answers so you can't play it more than a few times oh so is it like, um, is it like if you see a bunch of images and you say it out loud, it creates a different, like the sound of the words you're saying creates a different word? It would be like if I showed you a picture of a girl with a crown plus a bee, like the word would be queen bee, but the phrases are okay. much, much longer than that. Um, right. Okay. But again, you there's only like. I don't know, 100 cards in the game. So, and you play till like someone gets five points or something. So once you get through all the cards, you already know what the phrase would be. So you really can only play through it like one time, probably. <laughs> I don't know. It's I love them. I love word puzzles like that. But again, it's a speed-based game and 
gosh, Nicole just was like on fire. She was like zookeeper. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> She'd come up with them in like a split second. I lost terribly. Just terribly. Aww. So unless you're really good at speed-based games like that, I don't know if I would recommend it, especially since you can only play it one time. Played a game yeah. called Mission Red Planet. Have you played this game before? Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure We've how I feel game. about it. There is a ton of player interaction you're launching these spaceships to Mars and then you're colonizing Mars and then you have to like take over other colonizations and try to get the majority to get the points. It was very cutthroat. People were getting really mad about people launching the ships without them or launching uh-huh. it before they were ready to launch it. I like yep. the player interaction. I just don't know if I liked the game itself. What do you think about it? I I don't like the game too much. We own it, so we've played it a decent number of times. Um, I don't like it as much as Damon does. I don't like area control games. That's what it comes down to. I have never liked a single area control game. You like ever. Marrakesh, right? Like, Marrakesh, Marrakesh is barely a game, even. <laughs> it's like, yes, I do like Marrakesh. but And, and I don't, like, hate I don't hate these games necessarily, but after I'm done, I'm like, I never need to do that again. It's just not it, it's just not a mechanic that I enjoy for whatever reason. And Mission Red Planet is definitely an area control game, but it's also like a role choosing game. You have this hand of cards and you need to be very careful about which role you choose because you're only going to be able to use each one like once or maybe twice in the game, depending how long it takes. And it's... That part is interesting. I like that part. I also love some of that brutality is fun. Like you can, once somebody puts their little people into a spaceship and they're like, I'm going to the moon. You're like, haha, no, you're not. You're going to this place instead. And (laughs) you can really, you can really mess them up. It's got these cute little astronaut guys, which is like, which is nice. I like that. I, I, I think it's a good game. I just don't personally like area control. I think we played, I don't remember seeing astronauts, so Glenn has the really old first edition of the games, it looked ancient, so I don't know if they have upgraded the perhaps after that. Okay. All right, and the final game we played is called Seas of Strife. This is also a trick-taking game. Can you tell there's a theme this week? I just wanted to play a lot of trick-taking games. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, it's it's the theme of your life. I feel like you love, (laughs) you love trick-taking games. You play a lot of them. I do. I love trick-taking games in general. So Seas of Strife is a very simple trick-taking game in most aspects besides one very bizarre twist. And the twist is that if, okay, so if for instance, like in a regular trick-taking game, if I led orange, Cassandra would have to follow with orange. Like this is like the rule in the game, except for when she's out of orange. So this is a very interesting aspect to this game. So if she's out of orange, let's say she's out of orange and Damon is out of orange. So she plays a purple and Damon plays a red. At that point, the highest color of any number wins. So like if she played a orange 72 and my my yellow or I'm sorry, my red was a 14 and Damon's blue was a 16, she would take the trick because her number is highest. It doesn't matter that I let yellow and she played, you know, a different color. And you can really screw people over with this. So if you know someone needs the trick and they play a high, like, let's just say I played like a high purple card because I know that there's no purple card. Like, I'm assuming it's the highest purple card. So I play a purple 47, but Cassandra knows I need that trick because I bet seven. She can play like an orange 62. And if Damon, knowing he doesn't have a purple either, can just play a low card just to screw me over to, to make sure I don't get my bet. 
and people were doing that and I don't really maybe there's other trick-taking games where you can screw people over but I've never seen one like this where you can just like really screw someone over like they need a trick like someone's putting the card down just to screw you so there's a lot of player interaction which I thought was refreshing because I don't see that in a lot of trick-taking games I mean sometimes there is screwage in trick-taking games but not that kind of screwage it's usually like oh, I'm gonna play lower than you so you have to take it no I'm playing higher than you so you have to take it or something I don't know so you don't yeah or something like that but that's a fun little that yeah that's that's interesting because I I feel like I might not like this game just because what I love about trick-taking is you have so much information you have information that you know is absolutely true and you can work off of that information in kind of a puzzly way and you can make risky decisions or you can make like really good decisions and you can feel confident that it's a good decision (laughs) so i don't know if i would like this one um because it kind of takes away the thing that i like about trick taking yes i mean you could still count cards but there's such a big deck that i don't i mean glenn was still trying to do it but i don't as a normal person i lost track and I was just like I'm hoping someone else has a purple so I can take this but you know you never know so I don't know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah those are the ones I played lots of games lots of trick taking yeah games. <laughs> lots of games cool well you can find a list of all of those games on our website which is playdnapodcast.com in our podcast notes PAX East is coming up soon uh, it's in Boston I know Damon and I will be there. Sarah's TBD, so we'll find out. But it it'll be it'll be fun. Um, Pax is this particular Pax is actually mostly video games, but they have a pretty big tabletop presence. We went last year, and it was a lot of fun. I'm still thinking about it. Bo doesn't care if I go or not. It's just whether or not I want to like spend four hours and then only get to play for like a day, and then like spend another four hours flying back which I've done before. Like, I don't really care, but also I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. people want me to make a decision before soon, sooner rather than later, but I still I just <laughs> make a decision just this moment. I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> All right. All right. And as always, play safe, play often, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.